Welcome home. I'm Dr. Tama, a minister, licensed psychologist, and sacred artist. And this is Homecoming, a podcast to facilitate your journey home to yourself. While I will provide weekly inspiration and mental health tips, this podcast is not a substitute for therapy. I'm so excited you're on the journey. If you want to request specific topics or share your progress, email me at homecomingpodcasts at gmail.com. Also, after you listen, be sure to like, subscribe, and share. Let's begin. Welcome home, co-journers. I'm glad you're with us for another episode. And this week, we have two poems to share that I'm excited about. Uh, The first poem is by Jonicia Hickson, who is better known as Jojo and a third-year clinical PsyD student. I really appreciate you writing in Jojo and welcome to the field. I'm excited that you are going to be a psychologist and Jojo also works with the Association of Black Psychologists, which is fantastic and uh, one of my home organizations as well. And so I want to read an excerpt uh, from your poem since I have two poems today. I'll read a piece of it. Sometimes I ponder if I inherited John Henryism, work my finger to bone and dust, for the life of me can't figure out why the guilt eats me from the inside. If I close my eyes for just a little while, God knows I've been working from 9 a.m. to 3 o'clock in the morning. I blame my insomnia on my hunger and ambition. Hunger and ambition bleed from me internally. This, like the sixth night in a row, seventh month in a row, I ignored the warning signs. I snapped three times today on my boyfriend. Is this what they meant? My grandmother's hands spun silk inside my belly, made dreams of upward mobility, of liberation, of revolution. Sometimes I wonder if my ancestors etched ambition into my bones. Didn't they say that rest was revolutionary? But like my mother's tired hands, mine feel calloused. I think I wrote too many stories of pain. Perhaps I Freudian slipped when I closed eyelid in the dream realm. I met my expectation there. How many cups of tea equate to self-care? If I spread the word on oppression, One more hour can save me. What happens when shooting stars lose their shine? When the cosmos paint militant in your DNA? Yes, Jojo. Thank you so much for that poem about that drive and motivation while trying to take care of ourselves and uh, recognizing that a piece of this is intergenerational and the ways in which we show up for our lives being affected by not only those who came before us, but the times and circumstances in which we live. And so I'm excited that you are in the field and entering into the next level of the field. So welcome, welcome, welcome. And now we have another poem, which is by Anastasia Galkowski. Anastasia's piece reads, I had been away from home for so long, the home inside, 
As my body temple echoed my suffering, hollowed from the hurt, she waited patiently for me to return to her powerful embrace. Slowly, step by step, I began to discover shelter inside myself again. At first, it felt like stepping inside a haunted house. Old phantoms lurked in the shadows. I stay brave, exploring the hallways of my soul, dusting off memories, beautiful, humorous, painful. Weeping, the tears flow like a river from the spring of my being. Laughing, I reignite the flame of my spirit. Living, I reconnected with the rhythm of my pulse and the music of the heart. A new day, a fresh season. I emerge bright and refreshed after bathing in the storms, holding my own hand. The flickers of sunlight reflect my own glow. I promise I'll never abandon you again, I vowed to myself. A sacred promise enveloping me in its quiet power. Welcome home. Yes, Anastasia. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yes. Thank you so much. It can be scary to go on this homecoming journey, to face those memories, those uh, challenges, the things that we often avoid. But that is the path to not abandoning ourselves and showing up for ourselves. So thank you both, JoJo and Anastasia, for being a part of uh, the homecoming co-journers community. And thank you for your poems. And those of you who want to write vows or poems, please send them to me at homecomingpodcast at gmail.com. Homecomingpodcast at gmail.com. So today's topic is protecting your energy, or some of you would say protecting your peace from difficult people. Protecting your energy from difficult people or negative people protecting your peace, your mental health, when dealing with challenging, negative, difficult people. And at some point in life, this episode will apply to each of us and for some of us more than others, depending on who is in your family or where you are working or what your identity is in terms of uh, dealing with oppression and marginalization. And so there are some important pieces to keep in mind uh, so that people to, do not on a daily basis uh, steal from you what you have already accomplished and attained in, in terms of your homecoming. You all have been on this journey, whether you are newish or you have been here for a while, uh, it is an important effort, labor, intention of coming home to yourself and trying to not let that get swallowed up or stolen by your uh, context, by your environment, by the people that are around you. And I want to name 
from the outset before I go through these kind of individual psychological strategies um, that I do come from a liberation psychology perspective, which notes that uh, sometimes it is not just about shifting your attitude, um, but addressing uh, the issues in the environment. And so I would encourage you to uh, strategize and think about uh, problem solving so that you can uh, reduce, if possible, uh, your interaction with those who are breaking your spirit um, or that you can start to shift some of the systems that you are involved with. Um, when they are having a negative impact on your sense of self or the sense um, of self for others in your community. Um, and I am also very clear as we do that work that that can be a marathon, uh, that can be a long-term effort. And so in the meantime, while people are doing what it is they're doing or being the way they are, it is important for us to uh, develop capacity to uh, treasure ourselves. When you're in a context where verbally or other otherwise, people are trying to trash you, diminish you, uh, reject you, uh, put you down, it is important to be mindful of the ways we can uh, restore and refill ourselves uh, with intention so that it can be well with us. So the first thing that is going to be really important is guarding your time. Sometimes um, when it is in our control, we have given too much time, uh, space, and energy to people who are uh, negative or who are problematic. And so you want to think about your access. Having access to you um, is, is a gift, is an opportunity, not in the sense of arrogance, but in the sense of your value as a human being, right? That we are all deserving of safety, care, respect. And um, you want to exercise to the fullness of your capacity your ability to protect your time. And I know some of you may live with the difficult people that we are talking about on today. And so even if you're in the same home, sometimes um, you have to, or you choose to make a decision to spend more time in your room, or sometimes, you know, making a decision. And I know we are uh, coming through this pandemic, but the ways in which you can safely navigate outside of the home space, even if that is going for a walk, um, even if that is um, connecting with other people outside of the home or outside of your job. And so guarding your time. Uh, some of you spend hours on the phone with people you don't want to talk to. <laughs> Some of you may uh, go out with people that you actually don't want to be with, that you may give your entire holiday uh, to people who deplete you, who drain you, who make you feel bad about yourself. And so I want to 
name for you the importance of developing the skill that requires you deny access at certain times and certain places of your time, your space, your energy. So learning the gift of no, I call it the sacredness of no, or the holiness of no, so that you guard your time. Now, this connects to a second point, which is uh, releasing your people-pleasing or um, your tendency to need to agree with everything that people say. Now, there are going to be those that have no boundaries, and especially when it comes to you. And so um, if I wait for them to set the boundary, I am going to be waiting a long time. If I wait for them to be done dealing with me, I may be waiting a long time. And so we have an earlier episode on people pleasing that I encourage you to check out. But to become comfortable with people not always being happy with you. Because sometimes what happens is we are sacrificing our mental health because we want to give everybody else what they want. And that includes people who are um, negative toward you. And so really getting in the practice of being all right with people's dissatisfaction, right? If I have to please everyone all the time, including those who are trying to uh, discourage or destroy my spirit, or sometimes they're not even malicious, but they're in a very negative place. And when I'm with them, that I feel very negative, then it is important that you gain the capacity to outlast the discomfort of a no, that you outlast the discomfort of denying someone's request or someone's desire for your time or your energy, um, that it will be initially uncomfortable, especially if you're not used to doing it. Um, But if you don't backpedal, if you don't uh, change your mind, if you don't cave in, then you outlast that moment and the next time becomes a little easier and the next time becomes a little easier. So guarding your time, releasing people-pleasing, The next thing that is really important is uh, shifting your attitude. So this is a part of developing our emotional intelligence. And also for those of us who um, are considered either highly sensitive or very compassionate or empaths or intuitive, uh, there is a way in which you can become easily shifted by other people's energy. So they're being, they feel negative, so now you feel negative. Or, you know, if they feel joyful, you feel joyful. So a part of emotional intelligence is being able to discern someone else's stuff from your own, right? That I may be able to perceive what someone else is feeling without having to take on the fullness of what it is they're feeling. And I know for those who are 
uh, compassionate, insightful, uh, sensitive, open-hearted, that that is easier said than done. Um, but it is a skill that you can develop uh, reminding yourself in those moments uh, what is mine and I can feel for them without taking on the full weight of it. And again, if I don't yet have that skill set to be able to make the distinction, I really will have to use my boundaries and my no, because if them being around me means I am going to take on the fullness of what they feel, then I will have to take space, right? Or I'm going to be intentional about reminding myself in these moments um, that I can pick up on their misery. I can feel uh, that and I can uh, be very much aware of that. And I am wanting relief for them. And at the same time, I am a being. And so I remind myself, what is it that I am actually feeling today uh, disconnected from their journey, right? What is my journey? What is my path? Because sometimes we are so caught up in everyone else's lives that we are missing our own. Let me say that again. Sometimes we are so caught up and distracted by the lives of those around us that we are actually missing our own lives. And so uh, the center of our everything is how everyone else is feeling and we have neglected and abandoned ourselves, our own feelings, our own thoughts, our own desires, our own needs. And so uh, getting more clear about your identity versus the identity of others and being able to discern what are your emotions, what are your feelings, as opposed to what are the feelings that are in this space. And I'm one of those people as well. If I walk uh, into a space, you know, I can discern, I can detect, I can pick up on uh, the emotions that are in the space. But just because I am tuned into that doesn't mean that that has to zap my day and consume and overwhelm me to the point where I cannot hold on to what I am and what I feel. Yes. So really important to uh, be able to develop that capacity to distinguish yourself from other people. And some of you will hear that and think, oh, she's asking that I become this cold person and I don't want to be cold and I don't want to be disconnected. So I want to say to you, that's an extreme response to what I'm saying. Right? There is a place in the middle where I can be compassionate but not consumed. And for those of us who are very uh, emotionally tuned in people, I encourage you to think about that distinction of compassion but not consumed by the emotions of others. Yes. And not only do we want to be mindful of that, we also want to work on uh, shifting the focus of our thoughts. And uh, sometimes if you have um, a, a negative 
or um, a problematic person in on your work site, in your family, you can give them a lot of space in your head, right? So lots of things could happen today, and a lot of them could be neutral or even good. But if this person says like one off-the-wall comment to you, then that can like consume your day, poison the day. You can spend the rest of the day replaying what they said or why they gave me that look or why they ignored me when they walked into the room. And that becomes the defining focus of your day. So I want to encourage you to think about um, acknowledging the what has happened that is problematic, that is negative, uh, that is discouraging, and also being able to put it in context of my larger day, right? Because sometimes when I talk to people, they have made the negative person equal to all people, meaning they will say things like, that's why I can't stand people. That's why people can't get on. That's why people get on my nerves. That's why I don't deal with people. But then if, if I kind of walk them through the day, often it was really one or two people and everybody else was either positive or neutral. But the negative one or two people become the representation of all of humanity, right? So now the conclusion is I hate people and I can't deal with people because of these few. Yes. So yes, acknowledge, recognize uh, what people have done. So we're not trying to overlook it or minimize it. Um, and we also want to be careful not to overgeneralize it so that it becomes the definition of my day, the definition of my relationships, the definition of who people are, right? Um, that there are the majority of people you will interact with where it's not extremely positive or negative. It's just kind of neutral. You saw them, they saw you, you may have spoken and you went on with your day. And then there are a few people in life that, you know, you have an overwhelming uh, positive feel with that when you are in their presence or leave their presence, uh, it feels really good. And then there are those who, when you're in their presence or leave their presence, you feel really bad, right? So we want to uh, consider it all right, to recognize it all so that uh, those who are um, more negative don't become the definition of our day. Not only that, it is important if you're trying to protect uh, your energy or your peace, your mental health, um, to choose how you engage um, and to choose to engage in a productive way in a proactive way uh, to not get so into reacting to everything people say and do, because then, you know, people can pull your strings. And some people will do that for their own entertainment. If you have not discovered that already, I mean, you see that even in childhood where some kids just want to get a rise out of you. So they try to figure out what do I need to say or do to provoke this person? Yes. And so um, I don't need to ignore everything that people do, but I also um, don't need to escalate it because some of us, and that can be 
background and growing up in an environment where, you know, you had to fight all the time to protect yourself and keep yourself safe. And so I would try to give yourself a reminder that I'm not there anymore or I'm not that age anymore. You know, am I actually safe? Am I feeling disrespected or actually in danger, right? Because some of us, when someone says something that is disrespectful, our response is to the intensity as if we are actually in danger um, when sometimes we are not, right? And so if you grew up in kind of fight mode and survival mode, uh, that is important and it helped you to survive. And at the same time, if you're now in your 30s, in your 40s, some in their 50s, still uh, reacting with an intensity uh, to every slight, then it will uh, drain you even more. And so uh, being mindful um, of not giving the fullness of your fire uh, to every flicker, right? So flickers will come, flickers, and I, you know, I will tell you all, being in the social media space, people, you know, they get courage online. So they will say various out of the way comments to me, right? But if I am invested in responding to every insult, every criticism, if I take the bait, it would not only take up the time of my day, but it would emotionally empty me, right? So I don't have to respond to every bait that is presented before me. Some people are just trying to get your attention. Some people don't know how to talk to people. Uh, some people are um, racist or sexist. Um, and so all of that is in the air. And I want to think for my own wellness, how will I feel uh, in the aftermath, depending on my response, right? If I, and for many, if you're just silent, then you could feel bad about that. Of Like, oh, this person did this thing and I said nothing. So I don't feel good about that. Okay. So I may want to respond to some of this that is in the atmosphere, um, but I want to respond in a way where on the other side of that, I can have some peace. Uh, on the other side of that, I am not dependent on their apology or even their transformation for my wellness, right? Because uh, if not, sometimes uh, we can fight people to change in ways they do not want to change. And so I want to be strategic and selective about the ways in which I respond. And then I will say it's really important to seek out positive people, right? I mentioned there are an array of people. And if your experience has all been with friends who betrayed you and dating partners who betrayed you and family members who betrayed you, um, to kind of take sacred pause and uh, look at what are uh, the different themes or the issues or how these different uh, dynamics started. So reflecting on that what may have been some warning signs. Some of you, there were not warning signs. I know some people can be very tricky. Um, and then of course, if it's your family, you didn't choose them. But um, so that I can pull some uh, lessons, wisdom 
out of it because I don't want to keep repeating these patterns with people, right? That the next time I encounter a person who has that kind of personality or who treats me in a particular way, um, if the last five times it, uh, I don't like how it worked out, is there anything that I can shift in terms of my response to them? Yes. Uh, and then uh, looking for those who treat us well. And as I have noted um, previously, sometimes we think kind people are boring. Sometimes we think peaceful people aren't exciting enough. Or sometimes the people who are good to us, we overlook and take for granted. And so I really want to encourage you to value those who have been kind to you, to not overlook uh, those who have come into your life with, with goodness, right? And not um, take them for granted, not uh, focus all your energy on those who did not, um, but to really cultivate and build a relationship with those who have been uh, more positive toward you. And the last point is going to be uh, an unpopular point, but it is important. And that is to look at yourself. Because sometimes we think everybody else is being negative, And sometimes it's us, right? Sometimes it's us. And so I would be negligent if I ended the episode with the assumption that all of us are trying to figure out how to deal with difficult people and none of us are the difficult people, right? So to look within and to notice, um, are there ways in which you may be um, being difficult or negative toward other people? If there's any ways in which you may be draining um, other people and being mindful and intentional about the ways in which you uh, respond to others uh, the ways in which you uh, show up. And it doesn't mean that every day has to be sunshine, you know, that there will be times when we're upset or when we're anxious or when we are depressed. Um, and there is a difference between feeling anxious, angry, depressed, and being destructive toward another person, right? So we want to uh, take responsibility for ourselves and the ways in which uh, we treat other people. Yes, I am glad that you are on this homecoming journey. And I hope that on today, you will also refill your well before you even interact with people so that you can start with um, a full cup. So meditating, getting rest, eating good food, maybe going to therapy, journaling, engaging in the arts, doing your spiritual practice so that when you engage with people, you are not looking for them to constantly fill your cup, but you come with a reservoir that you already have uh, nourished yourself so you don't show up already depleted and on edge. All right. Well, I invite your soul to tell your heart mind, body, and spirit, welcome home.
Lucifer.